0: So this Sunday kind of marks a little bit of a conclusion in transition in the liturgical year. For the last couple of months, uh, the Gospels we've been hearing from are the section of Luke's Gospel that scholars refer to as the Death March to Jerusalem. And so we've been in that section now for a long time. Uh, chapters 9 to 19 of the Gospel of Luke. And basically it begins towards the end of that ninth chapter where when it came time for Jesus to ascend into heaven, he set his face towards Jerusalem. And of course, when he gets to Jerusalem, we know he's going to lay down his life on the cross. And so we've gotten this whole travel narrative of him making his way towards Jerusalem, you know, telling many parables along the way, healing people along the way, but always with the cross on the horizon. Well, this is the last gospel that we get on a Sunday before he goes into Jerusalem. Between this gospel and what we'll hear next week is Palm Sunday. And so he's entered in, and then the next several Sundays, we get a lot of discourse about the age to come about the end of things you know the four last things of death and judgment hell and heaven and so we'll be reflecting a lot on that and just in god's good providence the way that everything is laid out This week, we have two big feast days that fall right in line with that. On Tuesday, we have the Solemnity of All Saints, you know, the church triumphant. We celebrate our brothers and sisters who are in heaven, rejoicing forever with our Lord. On Wednesday, we'll celebrate the church suffering, the holy souls in purgatory, and we'll have mass down in the cemetery again this year. It'll be 5.30 Wednesday night. It is a BYOLC event, Bring Your Own Lawn Chair. Um, But it's going to be beautiful, and I I love that Mass. But before we transition into looking at the church triumphant and the church suffering, we get this transition point that's focused on, as Jesus says, twice today, uh, in his interaction with Zacchaeus. Notice he uses the word twice here, today. And I think it's important that before we kind of transition out of this death march to Jerusalem, what Jesus was doing on the way and this call for today to recognize, he like said, what he's doing, the delight he takes in his people we get a foretaste of that in the first reading today from the book of Wisdom. So many things here, like, for you love all things that are, and loathe nothing that you have made, and for whatever reason, until Steve read it a few minutes ago, this part went over my head, O Lord and lover of souls, for your imperishable spirit is in all things. He loves souls. He has come to save souls. He wants each of us to be in heaven with Him. And He's gone about doing this in such a way that He tells us personally about how much He loves us. And when you think about these many Sundays during this death march to Jerusalem about the many ways he's told us about that he's come to seek and to save what is lost. Told us a lot of parables, right? Think back to the lost chapter of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, where we heard the very wonderful parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost or prodigal son, talking about the great joy in heaven over one repentant sinner. And the beautiful thing about our Lord is he doesn't just tell stories, right? He puts his money where his mouth is. And look at the way that he interacts with Zacchaeus in this gospel today. Zacchaeus, one of those who is lost, that our Lord has come personally to search out. And you know, the beautiful thing is, when we look at this, during his public ministry, our Lord is kind of confined in a way by space and time, right? He can only have interactions with so many people at one time. And yet, he does this here. Zacchaeus climbs up that tree, right? And our Lord looking at him, calling by name, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree at once. When you think about this, he's almost to Jerusalem where he himself is going to mount a tree for all of us. He's going to lay down his life on a tree on the cross for love of you and me. And it's one of those things where Zacchaeus doesn't have to just bear the cross on his own. No, before we have to bear our cross, and our Lord has told us that in the Gospel of Luke, if you would be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. But before we have to do that, because our life's not just about white-knuckling it and bearing the cross on our own, first, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree, for today I must stay at your house. Now, Of course, it's coming over, going for dinner, it's wonderful, but to stay at someone's house, especially in the Greek here, it's deeper than just coming over. When you think about the words in the Gospel of John, when our Lord gives to the beloved disciple, our blessed mother, and it says, from that hour, he took her into his home, right? And that means into the very heart of his being, into the core of everything. That from there on, she would be, as the deacon and I were discussing before Mass, part of the family, in the heart of everything. And Zacchaeus is welcoming Jesus into that, and Jesus is gladly going into that. That now there is this loving relationship, and that's exactly what Christ has come to give us. A relationship with Him. And I know it's easy to look at this and be like, Ah, if only I could have been Zacchaeus up in that sycamore tree to have that interaction. But the good news for us is that now, okay, the public ministry is over. He's died on the cross for us. He's risen from the dead. He's ascended into heaven. He's poured out the Holy Spirit. He's given us the church. And through the church, by that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, no longer is He confined to a one on one, just Him and Zacchaeus. He has the ability, this one on one, with every one of us. Think about the way that the sacraments work. They are highly personal interactions, highly personal gifts. Yesterday, I had the great glory of getting to baptize seven little guys, all right? Simon, Allen, uh, Sophia, Isaac, Samuel, Jose, Jonathan, and Liam. It was wonderful. Now, I didn't get out the super soaker and say, okay, kids, I baptize all of you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No, each one, I baptize you, Simon, Allen, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I baptize you, Sophia, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each one of them, with that individual baptizing, becoming part of the body of Christ, just like Zacchaeus welcoming Jesus into his home. Those children yesterday welcoming the light of Christ, the Holy Spirit, into themselves on this individual amazing way that Jesus works these things out. Think about the confessional, right? We only use what's called general absolution in case of emergencies. So, a couple days ago, I was flying over the Atlantic back from Portugal. If something went wrong on the Boeing 7, whatever 7 it was, and we were going down, I would have stood up and said, Okay, everybody, sorry for your sins, fantastic. On the case that you are, God the Father, mercy is to the there, And I would go through the absolution prayer, right? But we don't do general absolution in general. Why? Because each of us is called to mount the tree, so to speak, of the confessional to have that encounter with Christ like Zacchaeus, to confess our sins, to welcome him into our home, and not just the parlor, not just the part that looks good, but to welcome him into our home even those places we're not proud of because that's where he wants to go. That's where he wants to bring healing. That's where he wants us to be in communion with him. He wants to come into our home, and by the sacraments, he does By his grace, he comes in there. He gives us new life. He heals what's gone wrong. And then, like Zacchaeus, we go forward with penance and prayer, making reparation, and quite frankly, finding out that then life is very good. Because as you see with Zacchaeus, he's living out then the commandments, loving the Lord his God with all his heart, mind, body, and soul. And then the second part, loving your neighbor as yourself. All of a sudden, he's given half of what he has to the poor. He's making restitution to those that he's... I can't think of a good word to say that I don't need to edit. That he's, he's done bad things to. Okay. So, you know, like, he's going to make reparation, right? He can now love his neighbor, and this is the glorious thing for us. To see that today, we can enter into that communion with our Lord and with one another. We're going to celebrate on Tuesday All saints. The fact that there will come a time, if we persevere, if we stay in this relationship with Christ, if we cling to the cross and welcome him into our homes, there will come a time when there will be no more temptation, no more accusation from the devil, no more pulling away but living in that communion with him and with with one another forever. But the glorious thing is, as we see from Zacchaeus today... We can begin to experience that right here and now. We don't just have to wait for it off in the future. And quite frankly, we don't have to be afraid of the end of time. Look at what St. Paul's writing to the Thessalonians. You don't have to be afraid of the imminent coming of Christ. We want to welcome him. And when we're welcoming him every day in the sacraments, when we receive him in the Eucharist, when I get the honor of saying the body of Christ and you say amen, notice, once again, it's an individual encounter. It's not as though we leave a bowl out and say, okay, everybody, help yourselves. No. It's an individual reception of Jesus. And when we are involved in that, when we're doing that all the time, we don't have to worry. He can come today. And quite frankly, who knows when he's going to come for us individually and at the end of time. But if we're already in communion with him, if we're already seeing that God so loved the world, as Johnny saying so beautifully in the Alleluia verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. We participate in that life here and now. And you begin to see it all the time. And I'll just tell you on a personal level. You know, I just came back from Fatima on Thursday night. And it was great. It was such a wonderful time. And I was excited to get back because now that I'm here, I get to have wonderful interactions with people all the time, like those wonderful baptisms the other day. And even being in Portugal, it's so great to get to go to the sanctuary where Mary appeared 105 years ago, and millions of people gather to pray the rosary and celebrate mass and remember those apparitions. And then 200 yards away are the fields where the shepherd children were, their homes. It's incredible. And there's all these beautiful thousand plus year old churches we get to go to. But... I was super excited to come home because we get these great interactions. Some of the best moments on this trip were the interactions of the people I'm called to love as myself. Right when we got there, I'll tell you one of the hardest things about this trip. You know, we left on sunday night i'd had the three masses last week got right in the car to get to the airport flew to philadelphia flew to lisbon it's like 36 hours of go 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 and as soon as we get there it's like okay time for mass at the capolina which is where mary appeared and so it feels like you got to go play in the super bowl after being up for 36 hours and you're just tired and i had to give the homily and there's all these people from all over the world and so i got up and what did i talk about bourbon uh, because it's just easy and i know it. And I said from the beginning, you know, there's all this fight with our great drink in the United States. How do you drink it? A little bit of water, ice, straight with mint. And I said, here's the great thing. As I heard on tour in a bourbon distillery, doesn't matter how you drink it. It's who you drink it with. And we had these glorious things amongst us, right? And God himself, our blessed mother, wants to be with us to share in the great glories and the treasures that we have. Now, why even tell you this? is when you go in for these masses right they have these like big tough guards that kind of set things up but you know they're they're bodyguards and they can take care of things and the next day we went back to pray the rosary at the same place at the capolina and marcos the guard said where is my bourbon and i thought that is so wonderful he was actually listening to what i said and it was so great and exciting And then there was one night Father McNulty and I got to go to the house of Sister Lucia. And we're sitting out back at this well where where the angel appeared to the three shepherd children. And this great family from Columbia, uh, South America, living in Canada. They're there with their four little children and their niece, Emily. And I just felt compelled. We had already kind of said hi. And I went up to Emily in front of the statues of the shepherd children. I said, Emily, how old are you? And she said, 13. I said, remember... You're older now than all the shepherd children were. It's time to be a saint now. You don't have to wait till later on. We all got to keep striving. It's the cutest thing. She goes, Father, I want to be a nun. I'm like Emily, that is so great. I said, three years from now you'll be 16. You got to go on a vocation a discernment retreat with the Dominican Sisters in Ann Arbor. They're the best. You know, getting to have those interactions, getting to meet the people that our Lord has placed in our life. You look at Zacchaeus, right? He has this interaction with our Lord. He welcomes him in to the depths of his being, into his home. Our Lord is asking for the same thing from you and me. He's going to say today, the body of Christ, giving you himself. Welcome him in. When? Today. Because today, salvation is on offer. And then the good news for us is then, just like Zacchaeus, we can begin loving our neighbors as ourselves today we don't have to wait for some distant era but the glory of what we're going to celebrate on tuesday and what we pray for the people on wednesday that they might enter into it too is this love this communion that god himself has come down personally laying down his life that we might share in that communion forever and the good news is is it begins today praise be jesus Christ.